All right, who's ready for a transformation today? Come on, put your hands together if you're ready for God to transform your life. Man, we are excited about what God is doing in this series. Transformation is an ever-growing part of our Christian walk. We're continually being transformed into the image of Christ. And no whether you've been saved for one week or you've been saved for decades, doesn't make a difference. We should all be growing and transforming. It's an ongoing transformation. So today, let's go right into our text we've been reading every week. Let's go right back to it. You should have it memorized, Romans 12, 2. Don't copy the behaviors of customs of this world, but let God... Come on, let's say it loud and proud, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way we think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. If you haven't wrote this down yet, you need to write it down. You need to put it on a sticky note in your office. You need to put it on your mirror at home. You need to put it on your fridge somewhere, maybe in your car. You need to get this down in your spirit. When we get done with this series, you should have this verse as a life verse. This should be a verse you're living your life by. That God, I am transforming. I am transforming. And that happens by changing my mind. I am transformed. And this is thread through every message we're doing. We're learning that as we transform the way we think, we're walking in transformation. True change doesn't happen unless you change the way you think. This is where it starts. See, we got to realize this. I change the way I think. I change the way I feel. And if I change the way I feel, I'll change the way I act. I want to act different. I want things to become different. Well, then change the way you think and you'll see yourself. We act like we feel, right? And we feel like we think. And so we got to make sure it all starts there at the gateway of our mind that we are changing our thoughts. We are changing what we're meditating on. We're changing what we allow to dominate our mind. And this will bring transformation to my life. Transformation changes things. It takes you from defeat mindset to victory mindset. It takes you from being empty to being fulfilled. It takes you from insecurity to walking in confidence and security in God, who God has called you to be. Listen, the further I get from God, the more trouble my life will face. The further I walk away from God, the more trouble I'll have in my everyday life. But the closer, look at this, the closer I get to God, the more my life becomes transformed. The closer I get to Jesus, the more my life becomes transformed. I can tell you that when I spent time with Jesus, he transformed my life. He took a selfish, self-centered person with not security, and he turned my life around. He took a person who walked in fear and gave him confidence. He took a person full of bad habits, and he helped me get rid of those. He helped me see differently. He helped me think differently. He helped me talk differently. He helped me to act differently. I'm telling you, God transformed my life inside and out. That when we spend time with God, the closer we get, the more transformation just automatically begins to take place. Think about Paul. Paul was persecuting Christians, and he was a very religious person. He was a part of the Sanhedrin, was a very religious community. And all of a sudden, Jesus appears to him on the Damascus Road. He was so bright that he blinded the eyes of, of Saul. And we saw this, what happened? Saul became blinded. 
He became blind. All of a sudden, he couldn't see what he used to see. But when he found out it was Jesus, Jesus eventually took the scales off his eyes, and he didn't see the way he used to see anymore. See, when you get time with Jesus, you won't see things the way you used to see. The things that look, used to look good to you begin to fall off. The things you used to see, you see differently. You change you change when you spend time with Paul. It was Zacchaeus that was the most hated man, the tax collector of the community. Everyone despised him because he stole from them. He charged them double taxes and keep half for himself and give half to the kingdom. What happened? He was hated, despised. He was a wee little man. Remember that? He climbed up the sycamore tree and Jesus passed by and said, hey, Zach, get on down here. Zach attack. We're going to your house today and we're going to have a Big Mac or whatever. They went there. We don't know what happened. The Bible doesn't state what happened in that lunch meeting. But when Zacchaeus came out of that meeting, he goes, I'll tell you this right now. Everything I ever did wrong, I'm going to pay back twice. Everything I stole, I'm going to return back. Why? Because God began to transform his life with one encounter. Can you imagine what we can do when we have an encounter with Jesus? When we stay connected to Jesus? It transforms our life. Moses had an encounter with God on the mountain. He came back down and he was glowing. He was glowing and people said even his accountants changed. Even his look changed. There was a glow about him. You see, when you spend time near the Father, when you get close to the Son, what happens? Even my appearance begins to change. Even my smile changes. People look at you and say, what's, what's different about you? There's something that's changed. I, I can't put my finger on it, but there's something. You're happier now. You're more stable now. There's something going on in your life. When when you spend time nearing close to God, things change and people can tell. The Bible compares us, though, to wandering sheep. He says, we wander off really, really easy. Look what Isaiah 53, 6 says. All of us, that's us in this room, okay? He goes, we're like sheep. We, we, we have strayed away. We have left God's past to follow our own. I've been there, done that. How about you? He goes, let's, yet the Lord laid him the sins on, of all of us. We see something happening here where we can all wander off. The Bible says we're like sheep. And how many know sheep aren't always that smart, are they? They wander off. And they're always wandering off in the shepherd. Sheep will wander off of the safety of the pack and the shepherd. And they'll walk right into the middle of the wolf's pack. Because why? Because it, it is dumb. They don't pay attention. They're looking for something. They don't know. They don't even pay attention to their surroundings. The next thing you know, they're in trouble. They're falling off a cliff. They're going into a hole. They're getting stuck here. They're in, putting themselves in danger because they, they wander off. And the Bible compares us to like sheep. It says that if we're not careful, we find ourselves wandering off, leaving our closeness of the relationship with God. Today, I want to tell you, have you lost your joy? Then get back to God. Have you lost your peace? Then get back to God. Where are you in your relationship with God? The Bible tells us a, a very inspiring story, story. And I want you to know today, we've got to be very intentional about coming back to God. And this story is a very intentional story that talks about this principle. It's one of the most famous stories in the Bible. One of my most favorite stories. It's called the story of the prodigal son. And it's also 
probably better word, we call it the prodigal son because it's a story about a son coming home to the father. But it also has a lot to do about the father and how his love and grace is for our life. Let me paraphrase this story today and then we'll look at some of these verses. The Bible says in Luke chapter 15 that Jesus told this story about the kingdom of God and he, this is what he was telling. He's telling the story so that we would understand the kingdom principles. This is how the kingdom of God works, okay? So he, he, when Jesus tells a story like this, we want to pull up, draw close and hear what he has to say. Jesus says there's a young man. He went to his father. He said, Dad, I want my inheritance and I want it now. And even though the, the, the father could have said no, he decided he was going to honor the son's wish and he gave him all of his inheritance then. And the son left home, said, Dad, sorry, see you, don't want to be you. And he left, took his money and left. And the Bible says that after he left, that he began to go out and his son began to have a big party, man. And he was having a party lifestyle. Everybody wanted to be his friends. How many know that when you got money, everybody wants to be your friend, right? When you, everybody wants to be, you're really popular when you got money. All the girls want to date you when you got money. All these things happen, right? This is what's going on. He's got all this money. He's the life of the party. Everybody's wanting to be his friend. But when the money ran out, so did his friends. When all that went away, so did all those people. And he found himself lonely and stuck in a foreign place. And to make it worse, a famine had hit. So what kind of wisdom is that? He had all this money. And then he blows it all on people who don't really care about him. And now he finds himself in the middle of famine without anything to eat, without a job. And finally, he was able to find a pig farmer. And the pig farmer said, if you, if you want to feed my pigs, I'll let you eat what the pigs are eating. So he had to feed the pigs with his job. And his pay was he could eat pig slop. And I don't know if you've ever fed pigs before. I had a grandfather that, that raised some pigs. And he was always raising pigs. And I, I can still, when I say it right now, Jeff, I can smell the stench in my nose. Yeah, you never get away from that. If, if any of you have ever been around pig pen, you understand what I'm saying. There's a certain stench about that mud that they're walling around in. They love wet, nasty mud. And so it's a, they, they will eat anything, man. And that slop smells nasty. And so how desperate do you got to be that you'll eat what the pigs are eating? He's doing this. Then finally, the Bible says he came to his senses. He's like, what am I eating this pig slop for? If I could at least go work for my dad, then I could at least eat better and live better there. Because all of his hired workers, they're, they're at least having it a lot better than I'm having it right now. He goes, I'm not even going to ask my dad to, to put me back as a son. But I, maybe he'll have mercy on me and let me come back and just be a servant. Just be a worker. So the Bible says he picked himself up out of that pig pen. He began to head home. and He's practicing his mind at, Dad, I'm sorry. I sinned against you and the heaven. And man, I, I'm really sorry. And I'm going to ask you to, can I be, can you hire me? And the Bible says that when he started home, that when he was a long ways off, the father saw and spotted his son returning home. And his father got up and he immediately ran to him and met him on the road and wrapped his arms around him, never giving the son a chance to even ask for forgiveness. Instead, he wraps him around, and I imagine he gave him a big hug and a big kiss right on the cheek. He said, hey, bring out the, the robe. Put it back around my son. Bring him some new sandals and put them on his feet. Bring me the, the ring, the family ring. Put it on his finger so he can go anywhere and get what he wants. He's a back and part of this family. 
He goes, take that fatted calf. We've been fattening up and saving it for a celebration. Today, we're going to celebrate. Tonight, we're going to party because my son, who was lost, has returned home. It's an incredible story of love and forgiveness from the father and an incredible story how the son returns back home. You see, there's something that happens when we go back home. The story is about a self-centered son. Dad, I want what's mine now. I mean, how, how irrelevant is this? He would say, son, you know, you don't get it now. But no, he gave it to him now. And knowing that it was the son's responsibility to take care of the father when he was old. I mean, you talk about not only asking for your inheritance early, but now he's walking away from his responsibility to taking care of his family in their old age. I mean, it doesn't get any worse than that. But yet he comes back home and says, Dad, I made a mistake. And then a famine hits and things go from bad to worse. He loses all of his money. He's got to take a job feeding the pigs and eating with the pigs. How desperate do you have to be to find yourself living in the pig's pen? But he did come to a census. And in this story, there's four things that tell us how we can come back and get close to the Father. I'm going to give you two today, and I'm going to give you two more tomorrow, next week, okay? Not tomorrow, next week. So two today, two more next week. Write these down today. And before we can do this, I want you to know whether you are just simply uh, small steps away. Some of you maybe are kind of uh, out there away from God. Some of you are way out there, a long ways from God. No matter where you are, follow these steps that brings us back to reconnecting with the Father. It gets us close to God. Number one, write this down. You got to get fed up. You got to get fed up with my life. I got to get fed up with my life. See, I got to get fed up from living away from God. Stress, loneliness, depression, anxiety, pressure. You want those things taken off of you? Then begin to walk closer to God. Because in Him, there's the very opposite there is peace, there is security, there is confidence. My life will be stressful when I don't stay near to the Father. Listen, nothing will transform you in your life until you get fed up of where you're at. You got to get disdain. You got to get a distaste for the life you're living. Tired of feeling distant from God. Tired of feeling empty in your life. Tired of feeling these things in your life. Get back connected to God. Look at this story. Let's read verses 13 and 14 and in verse 17. Uh, a few days later, this younger son packed all of his belongings. He moved to distant land, and there he wasted all of his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have enough food. And enough to spare, and here I'm dying of hunger. You got to come to your senses. You got to get fed up. Come to your senses. I'm tired of living out here this way. We've said it already. Let's say it again. God loves you. God loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to let you stay that way. Listen, he loves you in the middle of your pig pen, but he loves you too much to stay that way. He says, get up out of that pig pen and come home. Get up. Live as a child of the king you were called to live. Don't hang out with the pigs. Don't hang out in the mud. Don't hang out there with all the disgust. Pick yourself up. There's a better plan. There's a better place. 
God loves you too much. Jeremiah 29, 13 says it like this. You will seek me and you will find me when you will do it. Seek me with all your heart. God wants all of it, doesn't he? It's your heart. Is your heart into it? That's the question I have for you today. Do you want to be close to God? Then where's your heart? Is your heart into it? Come on, we've all been in a place when our heart wasn't into it. And we all know when my heart's not into it, nothing's going to happen. I'm not going to accomplish anything when my heart's not into it. I'm just going through the motions when my heart's not into it. We've got to put a heart into it. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want to be close to the Father? You've got to get sick and tired of just going through the motions. Number two, write this down. You got to own up to my sin. It's important that I own up to my sin. Let's read verses 17 and 18 now. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have enough food to spare. And here I'm dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you. Notice he says, I have sinned. Not you have sinned. Not somebody else. we got to take responsibility. It's my sin I take responsibility for. i got to take, if I want to get out of my situation, I've got to get fed up with my sin. i got to get fed up with where I'm living and say things have got to change. To live without God is so empty, unfulfilling. Transformation doesn't happen until I own up to my mistakes. It doesn't happen until I own up to where I'm living right now. That I'm trying to do things my way and not God's way. Listen, we're never going to get anywhere doing things my way. Frank had a great hit when he sang it that way. I did it my way. It's a great song. But listen, when you do it your way, when we do things my way, it leads to a life of emptiness, stress. You'll wake up lonely. I did it my way. You did, but you by yourself. I did it my way. You did, but what did you really accomplish? I did it my way, but really, did you share it? Listen, God's way is the only way that joy, happiness, peace, security, fulfillment, and confidence living in our life comes from. When we try to take control of everything, our life is going to be full of stress. So turn to your neighbor and say, you're fired. We need to fire ourselves from trying to be in control of the universe. I'm not called to manage the universe. God is. I'm not controlled to, I'm called to manage everything else. God is. The sooner I give it up to God, give him control of my life, the more peace I can walk in. The prodigal son came to his senses. I've sinned. I got to come home. I tried to take control. Look what happened. I lost all this. And now I'm out here rolling in the mug with the pins, pigs. I'm in the pig's pen, rolling this pen with the pigs and mud. Look where my life, when I take control, look where it leads. But where dad's in control, people are being fed. They're living well. They're taken care of. Safety, security. Look what verse 59 and verse 2 of Isaiah says. It's your sins. 
There it is again, your sins, not your neighbor's sins, not your mom's sins. It's your sins that have cut you off from God. Because of your sins, he has turned away and will not listen anymore. Listen, my, my sins are forgiven through the blood of Jesus. Thank God for that. Amen. Give God a hand clap for that. Yes. But when I go out, even when those sins are forgiven, I go out and just keep committing sins to God. Guess God? And I don't stay near the Father. Father, forgive me. God, 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 I, I know I'm grieving your heart. These things, they take me further and further. When I follow my own sins, they take me further and further away from God. Have you ever felt like I'm so far away from God, I don't even feel his presence anymore? Have you ever had that thought in your mind? I've been there. Man, I, I remember times in my life when I was like, There was a time in my life when God did such a radical change in my life that every time I would sit into worship and we'd be singing like we were singing this morning, tears would fill my eyes and oftentimes it even rolled down my cheek because I was thinking, God, you transformed me. God, your grace is so big in my life. How could God ever do what he's done in my life? I was so thankful and I was so moved. I longed. My passion was to be in his presence. My passion was to get close to God. My passion was I want to please the Lord. And the, the, more, the more I got close to him, the more I was feeling his presence. The more I got close to him, the more he was transforming my life. But somewhere along the way, if I'm not careful, there's times I'll, be sitting in the middle of a worship service like we did today and my mind's wondering about what I got to do tomorrow and after church and maybe even talking, thinking about the message that's coming up and I'm halfway through worship I'm like, oh man, I, I haven't even really engaged today. God forgive me. None of this matters without you. I got to draw close to you. It's easy. Have you ever been there when you feel like you're just so far away from God? You know, it's, it's easy to do it. Have you ever been to a place where you're like, man, why, why, why are they doing three songs of worship today? I wish they just did two. Two's a lot better. Because I really don't feel like worship. I wish we could just, oh. Can we hurry up with the music? See, when you're self-centered, that's what happens. But when you want to draw close to God, so we got to do three songs because it takes two songs to get your heart and mind where it needs to be so you can finally engage the Lord. It's important that we engage and we get close to the Lord. It's important. What, what are you passionate about? What are you passionate about? Some of you today, some of you are passionate. We say, Pastor, I'm passionate, passionate about my chiefs. And when I say my chiefs, I'm saying your chiefs, not my chiefs, okay? Listen, I, nobody, I can promise you, ain't no per, person in this room that is more passionate about the game of football than your pastor. Friday night, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and Thursday, my team's playing, we're there, okay? But I remember there was a time in my life when God showed me something. And I was so passionate and I was so, I'm at the game, I'm high-fiving, you know, I'm yelling, I'm screaming, my hands are up. You know, how can we go to a, a game on Saturday, on Saturday, Sunday, or Monday and raise our hands and do this for three hours? Oh, three hours of this. 
But three songs of this, oh, that's too much. I don't know. You burn me out. No, where's your, where's your passion? Is it to draw closer to the Lord? Come on, I'm hitting where you're living today. I know I am. I've been there. If you feel, listen, today, if you feel far away from God, let me ask you a question. Who's moved? You or God? It's us. We move. Because the Bible says that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. He does not move. Today, He's here. Today, He's drawing you close to Him. Today, He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. If you feel distant from God, it's me. I'm the one who moved, not God. So I got to take initiative. Get back. Move back to Him. Spend time with Him. Make Him a priority. Make Him a passion. You gave your love to something else. That's an idol. The Bible has a lot about idols in our life. And when we put hobbies, when we put activity, when we put money, when we put relationships above Him, they become idols in our life. And that's one of the very first things He commanded that we're not to have any other idols above him. Those things are all right in their right place. But I can't have more passion about those things than I do about being with God. Drawing close to God. Our things, our relationships, our job, they're not bad in themselves. But they don't deserve first place. Only God deserves first place. Can I hear an amen? Let me give you this last point today. and just simply says this, you are as close to God as you choose to be. All of us, that's the same answer for all of us today. You are as close to God as you have chosen and choose to be. But I love this verse in Isaiah 118. Come now, let us settle this, says God. Through your, though your sins are like scarlet, I will make them white as snow. What a transformation. Though they are red like the crimson, I will make them as white as wool. What a transformation. What a transformation that I who have flawed, I who have sinned, can draw near to the Father and He transforms my life from the inside out. Let me tell you this. There's no team that ever died for me, but my Jesus did. There's no job that ever gave me what Jesus did. Nobody else is preparing a place for me for eternity, but my Jesus did. Nobody else restored my life, but Jesus did. Nobody else brought healing. Jesus did. Nobody else sent their son to die for me, but Jesus did. It's there. It's there. How far are you away today? time to come back home get up return back to the father let's bow our heads today if you hear listen to my voice and you say pastor it's time for me to come back home maybe you never made a decision to be a follower of jesus christ and to surrender your life to make him lord well today is your day whether you're here in the auditorium or whether you're listening online you have to answer this question for yourself are, are you ready have you surrendered yourself to meet Jesus? Have you surrendered your life to make him Lord of your life? That's where true transformation starts. 
We won't do anything to single you out or embarrass you. But if you're here today and you say, Pastor, or if you're listening online, you say, I'm ready to make Jesus my Lord. Can you just simply raise your hand where you're at? Say, Pastor, today's my day. I'm ready to surrender. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? You're ready. Thank you, guys. Anybody else? Today's your day. Thanks, guys. For being honest. One more time. If you haven't raised it yet, raise it high right now. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Okay. So what we're going to do, we had several who raised their hands today. I know there's people listening online. You raised your hand as well in your heart. This is for you. I want you to repeat this prayer after me. If you raised your hand, say this out loud. If you are a Christian sitting around them, let's help them along as well. Let's say it together. Dear Jesus, forgive me my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. I believe you are the Messiah. God's only son. And from this day forward, I will live for you in Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer for the first time and you meant it from your heart, we say, welcome to the family of God today. Come on now. Give me a big hand clap. What an awesome day.